stop, stop, and take a trip down on my block. Where you see hidden potential, young minds sharper than pencil. And ain't afraid to speak their mind if they got something against you. We standing with you, we tackle issues like civic pride. Hate will cease to exist, let's put our differences aside. From my side to your side, from Dutch Town to South Side, from Penrose to North Side, from Benton Park to Old North, the West End, the West Side. We bless when we step out, we stand down, rise up. Stand together, wise up. This is Stitch Cast Studio, produced by St. Louis Story Stitchers in St. Louis, Missouri. This is the Stitch Cast Studio Special Edition, titled The Why of My City, featuring a discussion about Ferguson with Ferguson's own mayor, Ella Jones, and also political activist, artist, and producer, YC Bass. So, check it out. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Story Stitchers. Hey everybody, um, thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Stitch Cast. Today we are doing uh, a very special podcast for the Why of My City Project, and we'll be talking about Ferguson. Yeah, you heard me, Ferguson, a very special community. Um, different people know it from different things, um, so we're just going to kind of jump into that. But before we do, I want to introduce, uh, we have two special guests today, um, um, first one is YC Bay. What's up, YC? How you doing today? Better than ever. Good, good, good. Could you uh, kind of introduce yourself to us and kind of tell us who you are, what you do, um, just for the people who may not know you? Sure. For the people that know me personally, I'm known as the God, full-time entrepreneur. Been that way uh, for about over five years now, and that changed my life. That is supported by my creativity. I write books. I write scripts. I produce movies. I write music. I produce music. Uh, I meet that thousands of people on a regular basis and I turn nothing into something on a regular basis. I call it walking on water. <laughs> that is cool, man. That is so cool. I didn't I didn't know all of that about you, you know. So I'm glad you introduced yourself to us. Um that is an amazing thing to hear. Um and then next we have Mayor Ella. Mayor Ella, can you tell us who you are, uh what you do, you know, for those who may not know you. Hello everyone, my name is Ella Jones. I was elected the mayor of Ferguson January the 4th in 2020. I am the first woman, the first African-American woman to be elected to mayor in 126 years. Wow. That, that is something, you know, that should have never have ever happened, but it did. I've been a resident of Ferguson for over 40 years. My husband and I moved here for my daughter to walk to school. So, and long story short, all of a sudden I'm, I'm interested in politics. <laughs> Personally, and my husband used to drag me to the meeting. So after the fatal shooting of Michael Brown, I decided to get up, go to work for my community because it's where I live and I wanted to preserve it for years to come. Wow, that's amazing. That is so amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much. Thank you Thank for, you know, standing up um, and Thanks. doing that. Uh, wow. I didn't know it was that long um, since we had a woman um, in office and even now a woman of color. So that is amazing, too, to hear. Very inspiring. So since you kind of touched on it, um, you know, the fatal shooting of Michael Brown that happened in 2014, uh, 
what were and this is really for anybody you know who have personal relationships with people in the community or if you're a resident of the community what lasting effects or impact did that situation have on the Ferguson community as a whole? Well, as a whole, some people may know because of the fatal shooting of Micah Brown, Congressman Clay at the time went to the Department of Justice and asked them to do an investigation as to why this young man was fatally uh, shot and was laying in the street for four hours. So the DOJ came back with some uh, results that opened the eyes of all of us. And from that investigation, Ferguson is under what we call a consent decree. There's uh, police reform, court reform. So Ferguson Police Department has to act in different ways, come up with new policies to uh, stop and search, how to interact with people. So it changed the whole scope of the Ferguson Police Department. And a lot of people who had outstanding warrants uh, from the courts, the federal judge had them dismiss a lot of them. And so they're still working on dismissing warrants on uh, people that was getting tickets coming through Ferguson. A lot of the activists deemed it as black ATM machines. That's mm -hmm. how Ferguson was treating the people. But now since we are under consent decree, that old police department is gone. We have a new police chief. We have, he's doing uh, 21st century policing. We have a consent decree coordinator who is there to work with him. So all in all, the city is began to uh, become into a new birth when it comes to race relation. Uh, and it's just beginning to move forward. That's amazing. Um, I guess I can add something to it. Before Michael Brown, yeah, it was a uh, real racist. I've been living out there for uh, close to 10 years now. So I remember the vibe before Mike Brown. And uh, it was pretty much a predatory vibe. Like, people was scared if you was melanated to ride through Ferguson because it's, whether you're doing a speed limit or not, you're getting pulled over and uh, suspected of whatever. But after Mike Brown, I saw a huge change as far as before Mike Brown, it was a lot of Caucasian officers. After Mike Brown, it was like a lot of uh, African-American officers, women and men. I saw how they was interacting with me and the public. It was, you can see that, that they changing for the better as far as the community and community relation. Yeah, and I think that's really good to hear because, you know, as an outsider, you don't get to see what's happening on the inside. You know, you just, kind of get to hear through the grapevine, you know, maybe things are changing or how are they changing? You know what I'm saying? So it's really good to hear that things are really taking a turn in the community and progressing. Um, I kind of want to get off subject really quick just because we have you on here, Mayor Ella, and ask you, what was the process of becoming mayor? Just in case, you know, there's somebody listening to this and you know, maybe one day want to um, be in the position that you're in. 
Well, the process of becoming the mayor is very simple. According to Ferguson Charter, you have to live in the city and you have to be 18 years or older as a resident, uh, registered voter. With me, you have to come in contact with people. I started working with the people. Uh, and it's the people who put you in office. You know, I tell a lot of politicians all the time, either you're gonna be a public servant or you're gonna be a politician. And the best thing to do is allow people to empower you instead of you trying to take power. So just living here, working with the people, getting a team of people to work with you and just go for it because there's only one or two things can happen. You can win or you can learn. Some people call it losing, but I don't believe in losing because I ran for mayor in 2017 and I learned a whole lot, even though I lost the race by at least 500 votes. So when you set your mind to doing something and you are determined, you don't allow people to keep you from going after what you want. You just continue to uh, press forward. If you fall down, pick yourself back up and keep rolling. And that's all I did from 2017 to 2020. In a process, I was re-elected for my seat as a council person for Ward 1. So I just kept moving forward. That's powerful. It really is. Um, well, I see, I want to ask you a question. When things happen, like incidents like Mike Brown's death, and different things happen. Um, artists have a different responsibility, you know, to vocalize what is right or how we or the world around us feel. When when these things happen, do you feel that responsibility at all? And if so, how do you go about expressing it? Um, absolutely. Uh, when I see these things go on, it automatically. Uh, triggers my inspiration because art is a reflection of life and life is a reflection of art and I uh, just pull from that and that's how uh, I guess I can kind of make sense of it because it's really like once I get one answer to far as why things going on for us, the Mike Brown situation or the uh, African-American situation for us, America, what it's been, what it is today. A lot of stuff I don't understand, like why I gotta be that way, but uh, me expressing myself through my creativity as far as uh, music or poetry, because I wrote a, a serious poem about uh, my uh, situation as African-Americans in America. It's called Power to the People. And it was actually right before the George Floyd thing happened. I just felt compelled, like New Year's of that year, right before it happened to write that, right after I released it, the George Floyd thing happened. Me getting this off my chest is kind of how I make sense of everything and how I get through it. If you don't mind, I don't I don't mean to put you on the spot, but if you don't mind, could you uh, share a little bit of the poem with us? Born into a system that was built for me to fail. They kidnapped my ancestors. Had them up for sale. Savagery and bigotry is how they got power. 400 years every second, every hour. They castrated alpha males and brainwashed women. The human race is a race. They was mad we was winning. Throw a rock in some water, that's a ripple effect. 
Civil War, Jim Crow is just a symbol of that. Then segregation. At least we was united. They bombed Black Wall Street and started up a riot. Racism is a well-designed system. Let's see if he beat the odds when the odds stacked against them. The education system don't teach you to be a boss. Graduate, try to find your way and still end up lost. Hospitals give you meds but won't give you the truth. Yeah, they got the cure, but they ain't gonna give it to you. The justice system shipping blacks on the bus. There is no justice. It's just us. They afraid of my melanin. Yes, my melanin is post-traumatic stress. Got me feeling like a veteran. Cointel Pro afraid of a black messiah. My mind is a weapon fully loaded with that fire. It's real against fake. Good versus evil. Just us against them. Power to the people. That was incredible. Bars. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. KP uh, is here now. This is one of our founding members and artists in residence, KP Dennis. Um, I'm actually uh, pass this question to you, KP, since you jumped in. You know, as artists, when things, when incidents happen, like the death of Mike Brown or, you know, just injustices um, happen, in different communities, we as artists feel like we have this responsibility to be vocal about what is right, you know? And I was just asking him, how does he, or how do you um, vocalize that? You know, what kind of responsibility do you feel um, when these things do happen and arise in our communities? Well, I think, you know, just from what little of this conversation I've been hearing and the man that spit bars, I want to give him big props again. He's certainly dope. Yeah, man. Uh, You know, and I could tell it came from some genuine struggle, some genuine pain. And, you know, what people going through is post-traumatic stress. And a lot of times the hip hop that I write is used to be a muse or a therapy for me to get away from my reality. So hard thoughts that I may hold on my chest, I don't go to bed with them at night. So I tend to write poetry or write lyrics that will enable me to get that off of my chest and be able to put, you know, an energy out there because I've never been the type of person that would just rap or or cry about, you know, problems. I will always try to think about what's a solution, what's a way out, you know what I mean? I'll never see a loss. I see everything as a challenge. So, you know, that's what I use my hip-hop for is to kind of grow you up a little bit, kind of give you an alternative thought. You know what I'm saying? And mainly just to keep it dope and make sure that it's something that get the head nodding factor, you know, uh, encouraging your higher consciousness, if you will, not just trying to make you shake your behind and, you know, make something that's popping and hip. You know what I mean? So the message is in the music definitely when it comes to me. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And actually, since I got you talking now, um, do you mind introducing yourself just in case people don't know you or know what you do? Because you actually do a lot in the community. And so I want people to know, you know, firsthand who you are. Oh, well, I appreciate you. Uh, first and foremost, I'm an artist. I'm a, a hip hop MC. I'm a part of a St. Louis's early hip hop scene. You know, I came from a group called Out of Order. Uh, we were signed with a record label called PD Wax Records through the 90s and through the early 2000s, which eventually made a, a production team called Track Stars that were able to get worldwide, you know, appeal. And pretty well what I did was after the game didn't work out the way I planned, 
I brought it back to my community growing up in Matthew Dickey Boys and Girls Club. And, you know, I created the Urban Music Program, which, you know, snowballed into what we're seeing today in our collaboration with my great partner, Sue Colangelo. You know, we met in a, a Washington commencement and we saw that we had the same need from our conversation. So her coming into my world and me being into her world, we basically did the fusion thing and made a great idea, which was St. Louis Story Stitchers. And, you know, it's just, it's been a, a fun ride and me working uh, actually in Ferguson, you know, being uh, handpicked by Mike P. McMillan to be able to lead a team out there in Ferguson called Save Our Sons. And ever since 2014, you know, really before then, you know, I've been really dedicating myself to saving sons, but more or less from the workforce aspect, more so than, you know, mentoring and using the music as a, a way to, you know, um, get them to encourage themselves and, you know, create your own self-image. Because at the end of the day, the most powerful thing that we could do is have control of our own self-image. Hey, everybody, you know what time it is. It's time for our Pick the City Up art interlude featuring a piece titled Worthless, copyright held by St. Louis Story Stitchers. I hate this feeling They got the highest of hopes What if I can't fulfill them? Stressed Wonder how they measuring success And if I'm still considered blessed If I don't make the millions They think that I could wake them up Tie your laces up and give it to them Sex, money, murder You can't tell me they ain't been influenced I wake up in my living room Going through the names of some people that claim truth but I had to die before we listen to them I'm sick and tired of people's lies Sick and tired of people speaking lies They're claiming truth When they talk It always equalize Just trying to equalize Sick and tired of being sick and tired I'm sick and tired of seeing mama work when she's sick and tired, it's clear that you don't want us to be reminded how we arrived for one stories tend to change when read between the lines. The truth is out and in the open. Lives aren't meaningless, just meaningless because they judge us and they don't really know us. Just what they show on news. Racist opinions breed racist feelings. Hatred turns breaking news to broken news. Now can you see the picture that I'm showing you? With these lyrics, I paint a picture that's vivid. That's called the spitting image. Black lives matter. What the fuss about? Years done wrong by a system. It's time to stand. Try to thug it out. Now all lives matter. Wanna air it out. All lives important, but it's our lives that they don't really care about. Our lives that they don't really care about Sad my people dying, sad my people crying Sad the only time my people feel they really got a voice Is when they being violent, that's why they riot So thank Officer Stockley, never thought we'd get a Trump To have me picking sides with Romney At the same time I got a family G's moving silence and I'm trying to stop the violence Sure, but let somebody try me, try me I might leave it all behind me Black president got elected, had us guessing we was free finally That's the biggest joke ever And black on black crime ain't making it no better We should know better They trip off colors of the skin, we trip off colors of the shirt put your brother in the dirt act like we so better why can't we see we do the work our oppressors give slugs to our brothers treat our queens like they lesser why you advertise your body like your mind won't get you better knowing well that he gonna treat you any type of way you let him you can't cope with that pressure sit back and smoke that pressure why you shame in education then look up to all the felons they rather keep you blind kill the ones that make you better if they kill me for the truth then make my words live forever huh my people playing lately everybody saying shit Nobody says shit that's worth saying lately. 
Just a bunch of how much you need for that gram lately If you shake that ass, throw this cash Cause I got bands, baby But I digress Oppression falls on us, right? And I'ma tell the truth if it kills me And it just might, but ain't no silence in me Speak out to whoever If we knew better, we do better We gotta do better We gotta do better Why can't we do better? Like, don't we need better? Ain't we better? Why not be better? We gotta... Yo... We gotta do better. I wanna go to Sean because you are an artist in a different aspect. Um, and I know this past summer when the protests were happening in Ferguson, you got to capture some of that. So how do you, you know, what responsibility do you feel you have in those moments and how do you express that through um, your videos? Well, I think that whenever you try the document, like any like major event that you get, try to get both sides. Um, so something that I did, I would like interview some of the officers at Ferguson. And this was like like before what happened to like George Floyd. I interviewed them and then like a couple days later, uh, that happened. So I got a different perspective on how they saw like their community. And uh, just like whenever like I try to create a narrative, I try to bring awareness to people that might not be able to be exposed to certain things. Um, I think one of the biggest problems that we have in our community is just the lack of communication and understanding. So I think it's my job uh, whenever I create something is be being able to communicate, be that bridge to communicate two ideas to someone so they can get an understanding of what is actually going on, so. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Um, Mayor Ella, before we move on, I wanted to ask, because even though, you know, Mike Brown's death happened seven years ago, it still feels very, you know, very fresh in a way, you know, to some people. And I want to know, you know, how, how did the people in the community, how were they able to move forward and to keep pushing and kind of rebuild and just continue their lives, you know, even after something so, heavy like that happened right right in their their world in their circle well right after the uh fatal shooting of mike brown i have to give it to the young people they are the ones that started courageous conversation and helping uh people to understand that racism will not be tolerated anymore in ferguson um the courageous conversations, they're still going on today. Uh, people needed to be in a safe place where they can express themselves and be heard and understand some of the things that people say to each other. Uh, a, lot, a lot of people say, oh, my white friends, you know that look? <laughs> 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 Do they really understand about uh, an African-American, a black male or a black female. So that's what these courageous conversations came out and tried to help people understand our culture. 
And we had an opportunity to understand their culture because you can't have a one-sided relationship. It has to flow both ways. So conversations sprang out and that has made a big difference with the people here in Ferguson who want to change. Not everybody wants to change, but the majority of the people who want to change attends these uh, conversations. Is, are there any, you know, like new developments or anything that the community community can expect to see in the near future that's going to, you know, maybe help young people or help a certain particular group in the community to have more resources or anything like that? Is there anything in the works like that? Well, the best place that we have right now is the Urban League Empowerment Center. Okay. <laughs> I just love that place. Everyone <laughs> who want a job, I said, go to the Urban League Empowerment Center, ask for Dennis, ask for Cage. They're going to put That's you right. on the track. We and will. We, we will. <laughs> Dennis, no, I love the Urban League forever. And we love you back, Mayor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, love the you Urban back. League just finished. You know, you this pandemic has... Mm. Uh, brought a lot of people to reality. When I say reality, uh, Jamie could tell you, when we're out doing the food giveaways, yes, you find yes. people who standing in line yes, who you do. thank us for it and they appreciate it. And they realize, they didn't even realize they will be in the line for food. We find people coming in, in the food line driving Mercedes. Yeah. I mean, yes. it was like if it wasn't for the Urban League giving the food out, uh, they wouldn't know what they do. And Mike McMillan is a phenomenal person because yes. uh, MLK Service Day, you know, people were calling me, what you going to do, Martin Luther King Day? I said, I'm going to work with Mike and the crew. That's <laughs> right. That's right. Service. Their 27th food and toiletry giveaway over $400 million. That's a lot of money going into food. And in in the food, it was an off brand. It was name brand. And if you look at some of the pictures I had been taking, I picked up a turkey almost bigger than me. (laughs) (laughs) Young turkeys. Young turkey, nice young yeah, turkey. Yeah, it, it's 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 there. Not only we have the Urban League, we have the Boys and Girls Club. Uh, right. Dr. Fowler, he has taken an interest in our yeah. young people, and right. he has built that Boys and Girls Club, keeping our young people off the street, giving them something positive to look forward to. That's and it. right next door to that, we're gonna have a Mercy Clinic coming. Yes. Wow. yes help our people, especially our communities suffer from high blood pressure, diabetes. So they'll be there to help our people manage and educate them on their health. And way across town, where they call it the mayor's playground, uh, (laughs) a group of us have gotten together and receive over $200,000 in donations. We are building a playground in the unserved 
area. And those kids come out every day and say, Mayor Jones, when, when, when will we be able to play? I say, it's coming soon. It took us a while to raise that money, but the, the children are ready. We have even had a principal call us from a school in the area and asks us when is the playground is going to be ready in the outdoor classroom because they want to come and bring those children right. there see that they can have any and everything they want when people put a mind to be of service. And those people who want the jobs, we got Burlington Coat Factory coming on 270 in West Florissant. So oh, yeah. It's been a lot of work. We'll be in touch. We're still working. <laughs> we will be in touch. We're still working. We have a new nursing home coming open on uh, it's 800 Chambers uh, Road. Brand new nursing home. You know, jobs for our people. Yeah. And in talking with them, they promise to hire our people. And the people in Ferguson, that job is in walking distance. So, yes. The, pan the pandemic had us to think a new thought and start looking at each other for solutions and coming together, work together to move our people forward and sustain the people. We have to take care of our own because if we don't, no one else will. Okay, I'm going to stop preaching. That was great. <laughs> I love it, Mayor. We love it, Mayor Jones. Yes. And, you know, that economic development is really what's happening over there in Ferguson. And I think it can be a model for the entire country to kind of follow that handprint that we've been able to make as a, a community, you know, and showing the world what the community is really supposed to function and look like. Because at one point in my ground era, you know, we were looking like we didn't know what to do. But now we're in a new era. As you see, we have a a new president, we have a new regime coming in, new mindset over folks, and I think this is a year for us to take advantage. So, COVID, man, big up to COVID, because it just put the fire up under us in Ferguson. Absolutely. What is your favorite memory um, from Ferguson? Like, what's a, what's a really good memory that you have that just kind of takes you back? Favorite memory would probably be uh, one year we had a community barbecue day at the Ferguson Community Environment Center. Mm -hmm. And it was in the, in the heat of summer. Um, we had all the, the performers there. You know, I was even able to jump on the stage a little bit and share with them, you know, at the Urban League, my love for the arts. And it was just a wonderfully attended event. It was giveaways. Mr. McMillan actually had given a family a car at this event. So mm -hmm. it was very memorable. You know what I mean? That, that was probably one of the better moments in Ferguson for me, just to see all that community gathering and the unity that was there. there wasn't no haters. The police was involved. They were functioning with the people like, you know, like it's supposed to be. So yeah, that's probably my favorite memory of Ferguson. Well, with me, <laughs> my favorite memory is our back to school program. Oh, yeah. Every year in August, and uh, I'll make one of our major donors, Urban League, <laughs> we'll have corporate America donate uh, monies, and yes. we will buy backpacks, almost 1,500 backpacks, and fill Duff. them up with food supplies. <laughs> That's right. And have the kids come from all over, pick up a backpack. They can have ice cream, they can have cake, they can have hot dogs, they can have 
hamburgers, all kind of games and fun yeah. for them to wish them well and send them back to school on a great note. That's my favorite. No, that's that's a great memory. I would say for me, it's hard to choose just one because Ferguson always got something going on from the um, the Whole Food Mart that be out there. They be oh, that Mobile Mart? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, that's good. To the, to the uh, 4th of July parade. Yeah. It ends at January Wabash. Urban League, y'all doing monumental stuff, so. Man, I appreciate you, man. Uh, Ferguson is near and dear to my heart, always has been, and the Urban League is as well, but most of all, Save Our Sons, because for what it stands for in the memory of Mike Brown Jr., we we pride ourselves on never forgetting that demographic, never forgetting those brothers mm-hmm. 18 to 25 years old, because I really think that that group gets forgotten a lot when it comes to the grand scheme of things, when people make, you know, rec centers and, and other things that, that attract the public, they don't think about that young adult age group, and they're still developing. So I dare to say that that's what I like about what we've been able to do in Ferguson and also at the Story Stitches, you know, just being in St. Louis, period. Uh, what the devil meant for evil, God meant for good. Like that. I like yeah. that. Spirituality is yeah. the key, man. You know? Yeah. It's just always remember to keep God first, man. And Understood. Yeah. Overstood. That's right. yeah. you go. God <laughs> is first. That's right. Your family is second and your career is third. When you right. live that type of life, you're going to mm. always prosper. Mm. In that order. In that order. God first, that order. your family second, and your career is third. I That's mean, right. Don't get so wrapped up, you're going to neglect your family. You're going to lose it. You're going to lose it. Give him his time. (laughs) I actually uh, got a question for you guys. Um, So someone that, so I'm 23, and I was wondering if you guys had like any advice for someone my age, what we can do in our communities, like our local communities to bring change. Like, do you guys have any advice, tips? Anywhere. Man, as, a, as an older brother, since I'm 46, I'm twice your age. I would tell you to just always remember to uh, show respect for your elders, man. And when you live that way, your peers will automatically see the value in it. Because what's breaking us down right now is the intergenerational divide. And it's simply because like-minded individuals are too caught up in in age and all of that worldly materialism. But when you think about it, like-minded individuals are the same, whether it's a 12-year-old such as Jesus Christ, when he was a child, being able to talk to adult preachers and ministers, and you know, and great minds alike. I just think just showing respect both ways is the key. And as a young man, just always teach your, your brethren and your peers about showing respect for their elders, man, to give you a different life. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Well, what I would like to share with you is what my parents and my grandparents share with me. Do what you love. And when you do what you love, you're going to be happy. And you will leak, uh, your spirit will leak freshness Mm. and joy to other people. Mm. If you decide you want to sweep the street, be the best street sweeper out there. So Boy. people will come and ask you, how do you sweep that street? Yes, right. It is do it because you love it and then you don't mind sharing it with someone else because you won't be jealous hearty. Mm. Beautiful. Thank I would you. like to add to that. <laughs> I would like to say, uh, 
draw out a life map um, as far as like whatever you see yourself being in the future, like your um, whatever self-actualization is for you, your peak, uh, draw out a life map and also write out short-term goals and long-term yeah. goals. And um, for the bigger picture, so basically your bigger picture is whatever you see yourself down in the next five, 10 years and whatever uh, steps you may think you need to take, write those down as far as the short-term steps you may think you need to take and the long-term steps you may need to take. And um, educate yourself on financial literacy and I'm mm-hmm. big on entrepreneurship. That's right. That was deep. So we got to draw out my life map and make the steps that are necessary for me to succeed. Also, literacy, something that they don't teach in school. Uh, I got respect one's elders, be that role model for others, and do what you love and be the best at it. Even if it's sweeping like the street, be the best at it. Uh, you know, I appreciate that. <laughs> I, appreciate, I took notes. Like, I, like I'm i taking this to heart. So I really it's appreciate real, you guys giving us these gems. It, it made me think, too, when you said uh, be the best street sweeper if that's what you want to do. Somebody said, a man once said to his son, son, if you're going to do something halfway, don't do it at all. And I was like, there you go. dang. <laughs> so that sounds like what I told my son. <laughs> I was like, that's man. real that's real <laughs> you know just even like simple stuff washing the dishes it's like just just do it just do it. <laughs> yeah thank you everybody uh for being on here today this was an amazing conversation thanks again uh mayor ella thank nice. you ella, ella. <laughs> um, always respect yeah, we, we appreciate you all. And yeah, to all of our listeners who are listening to this, until next time, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. And last but not least, we want to give a very special shout out to the Stitchcast Studio sponsors, the City of St. Louis Youth at Risk Crime Prevention Grant of 2020, Stewart Family Foundation, and Missouri Foundation for Health. To learn more, visit storystitchers.org. They say who that, but you already knew that. That beat them story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches, story stitches.